Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father, through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light, Isaiah writes. And then Jesus announces, the kingdom of heaven stands near. Repent, turn towards this good news. The kingdom of heaven stands near. Matthew sees the presence of Jesus as a fulfillment of Isaiah's words that we heard today. But not only that, that he is a promise of light in our ongoing darkness that we experience today. Isaiah mentions two locations at the beginning of that reading, Zebulun and Naphtali. These two areas were on the northern portion of Israel's territory along a a major highway of sorts from the north. However, being on a major roadway on the edge of a territory means that you're also the first ones to be attacked if a nation comes from that northern area. And that's what happened when Assyria came through. Zebulun and Naphtali were among the first to see the soldiers marching down that highway, the first to see the flash of swords, the first to hear the battle cry, the first ones attacked. This war brought darkness into the land, debilitating and crippling gloom for the people, especially for Zebulun and Naphtali as the first to enter into that darkness. But Assyria doesn't stop there doesn't stop there by conquering just Israel. Instead, the Assyrian army spreads out, it seems, in every direction, to the north, to the west, to the east, to the south, to these locations that Isaiah lists. And we don't often hear them as location, but like these are like proper names, Galilee of the nations, the way of the sea, and beyond the Jordan. The land, both Israelite and Gentile territories, are filled with gloom filled with darkness because of the Assyrian army. Darkness is debilitating. Darkness prevents movement. It hinders joy. There have been a few times in life where I've had the opportunity to take a tour on an underground mine when I was in school. And there's often a moment on those tours where you get deep into the mine and they say, we're going to shut off all of the lights and you can't see anything. You can put your hand right in front of your face. It will look absolutely no different whatsoever. It makes any sort of movement frightening. People have a tendency to move less in the dark because it's dangerous to move around. Darkness is sort of paralyzing to us. Even in familiar places like our homes, there is darkness. Movement slows down. Our space becomes a bit more dangerous. Darkness It has this oppressive quality to it. It imposes upon us. It burdens us, draining us of joy and energy. For Zebulun and Naphtali, that darkness came through military occupation and oppression. This gloom that is paralyzing for them. Darkness that brings oppression still takes place today. And sometimes still today, as we are well aware, it comes through things like war through military occupation. In these situations, people feel trapped. Hope drains away this oppression that comes from a consistent, perpetual threat to relationships and life. It casts darkness over the land. 
But the experience of darkness that brings oppression can come to us in lots of other forms as well. Yes, war is a big one, right? That can cause that sort of darkness. But so are things like chronic illness and pain. It can bring with it such gloom and distress, generational injustice and poverty on a large community scale, or things like bullying on an individual scale. These things, too, bring darkness upon others. It takes away a sense of joy and freedom. It sucks the life and joy out of human experience. But if darkness is an experience of something oppressive, it also includes what I'd like to focus a little bit more on today, is mental health issues. Things like depression, Anxiety, mania, bipolar, body dysmorphia, borderline suicide, and so many other things as well. Now, to be fair, these things can come from a whole lot of different factors, like generational factors, external factors like war or trauma. Mental health is a complex, multifaceted issue. But regardless of how it comes about for people, these issues are oppressive. Like darkness, they can impose upon us or upon the ones we love, crippling them, paralyzing them, limiting them in their ability to move and go about doing life. Sometimes hope and joy go right out the window. Other times, even when there is hope and joy, there's still this deep distress and dread. And these things are not things you just like will yourself out of. You don't pick yourself up by your own bootstraps or simply have more faith and then it's just all okay at that point. Like Assyria conquering Israel and surrounding areas brought darkness, so darkness continues to oppress and wreak havoc in us or in the ones that we love. And as we look around today, it's, I think, fairly easy at times to see that darkness looms large whether it's in our own lives or in the lives of those that we love. But in the midst of all of this darkness and distress, God invites us to trust the impossible. Nevertheless, Isaiah writes, nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who are in distress. No more, right? Not a diminishing of distress, a degradation of it, but a total removal of it. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. The God who spoke into the beginning and said, let there be light, has promised to show up in our present darkness, to dispel away its oppression. That's what the language of Isaiah points to for us today. God himself will break the oppressor. Our reading ends off with that sort of language. The rod, the yoke, that heavy burden. He's going to shatter it. He's going to smash it to smithereens. The darkness of war, of violence, of trauma, the darkness that robs us and immobilizes people will be replaced by the light. And what's amazing about this in this text is it's not just for Zebulun and Naphtali the first to be defeated, if you will, amongst the people of Israel. But as Assyria spread out to the way of the sea, to Galilee of the Gentiles, beyond 
the Jordan. These areas outside of Israel, God's desire to honor and lift up those in darkness, to bring light, overflows from Israel even to those who are not part of his people. For all who are walking around in darkness, there will be no more distress, no more gloom. God will send a king into these ravaged and decimated areas and he'll bring peace, wonder, and joy. Matthew envisions Jesus as this king who will break the rod of the oppressor. The movement of Jesus in the world is the movement of God in the world. Jesus goes and resides in this area that in Isaiah's day was ripped up and filled with darkness. But it's the presence of Jesus that brings with it light that can dispel that darkness as well. Jesus himself shows up in that land of Zebulun and Naphtali and says, The kingdom of heaven stands near. It's breaking into the world. God's active reign is showing up. And it's the presence of Jesus that brings hope and life to those in gloom and distress. He heals a boy who rise on the ground from seizures. A man who was living in caves and tombs, cutting himself, is restored to his right mind, restored back to the community as well. A widow who's in the depths of darkness of grief as she walks out to bury her only son, receives him back alive and well. Wherever Jesus goes, he brings light. And even the oppressive power of Rome, this power that sought to limit Jesus, to rob him of life, this one who through military force ripped apart Jesus' life and publicly shamed him so that everyone would know you don't mess with Rome. They can bring darkness if they so please. This oppressive power that brought death is not victorious in the end. Death is darkness, right? It stops movement. It brings gloom and distress. But Jesus conquers death. He brings light where there was zero light. By the resurrection of Jesus, we are invited to trust that there will, in fact, be one day no more gloom, no more distress for all of us who have been entrapped by darkness. His victory is for you. His light is for you. Jesus brings hope where there is none. In the midst of war, in the midst of generational injustice and poverty, in the midst of mental health issues and bullying, and any other way that darkness shows up, we are promised a light has dawned. The presence of God has shown up in the world to shatter all of this oppression that burdens us and paralyzes us and weighs down others that we love. And again, this promise, it's beautiful and it's wonderful. But it also doesn't mean that things are just automatically better today by believing in Jesus. If we struggle with mental health issues, it does not mean... That as we struggle, it means that we have less faith. It doesn't mean that if we just trusted more, these experiences would go away and everything would be bright and fine and dandy. It also means that there are people that we love who suffer from mental health issues, that they too, if they trusted more and got out more, that everything would just be fine. 
Mental health issues don't work that way. To be fair, we are invited to turn towards God's reign in Jesus, to look towards the impossible, this impossibly good news. It's the source of our hope in this present darkness, a source of hope that declares darkness will not win in the end and the light will win at the presence of Jesus when he returns. But we may trust We may even have hope. We may be longing for this great day and at the same time also still experience despair and darkness. Others we care about may experience this weird tension as well, right? Trust and hope and yet despair and darkness. We are promised that Jesus is the new king who will shatter the darkness that oppresses us. He will bring peace, wonder, joy, And that will reach its fullness when he returns. In the meantime, God continues to bring the presence of Jesus into the world by his spirit through other human beings. This is what God seems to always have been doing throughout history as we read the scriptures. Using people to support and care and bring his love, to bring his light into the world. Things like counselors, psychiatrists, things like medications that scientists and researchers have developed, things like family and friends, suicide and crisis hotlines. These are all ways that God's presence work in the world today, ways that he brings light even through people in what may seem like small ways. And it's not clean or obvious or simple. We're dealing with people And sometimes even professionals and medications and things don't do things that are the most helpful. I speak from experience on these things. I think I shared this with you all before. I struggle with anxiety. I've seen counselors. I use medication. It's not a clear, easy, one-end-all-be-all road. And yet, we trust that God works through these things, through people, even in ways that may seem feeble and small. God is working to bring light into the world. His presence is light. He has conquered death and its darkness, and he's promised to bring that victory into the world so that one day there will be no more gloom. One day there will not be a shred of this oppressive darkness anymore because light has already dawned, and Christ is that light of goodness and life. Now may the peace that passes all understanding guard our hearts and minds as we struggle with the present darkness and yet live in his light today as well. Amen.